0: Welcome back, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us. You know, it's always a pleasure to have repeat guests come on to our show. And uh, my next guest is Bob Thurman from Counter-Tactics, Inc., from Kansas City, Missouri. He had an incredible story last time he was on the show. I'm so happy he's come back on. He's a frequent Vistage International speaker and if you have a Vistage International Group and you're looking for a, a an informational and entertaining and amazing speaker, you're going to want to listen up and uh, and hear what Bob has to say. So, Bob, thanks very much for coming back on. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing?
1: Hey, Bill, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, man. It's good to talk with you. Uh, you know, I I want to tell you that people ask me all the time. You know, what, what are some of the most memorable interviews? And I bring your name up all the time. I I say, you've got to listen to Thunder Thunder Bob Thurman, uh, you know, Thunder Thurman's interview. (laughs) It's really a a compelling story. And if you could just kind of refresh our our listeners' memories, of course, they can go listen to the old interview anytime, but about counter tactics and what you do. And then you you had a a memorable story about your wife and, and how it kind of changed your life.
1: Okay, certainly. Well, you know what, what Counter Tactics does is, you know, we come and present uh, safety and self-defense training programs to companies, cor- corporations, organizations, uh, just like Vistage, man, all, all over the co- all over the world. Actually, we've been in business since 1989, and what started all this, you know, first, you know, you said sub- you, the- you had to throw the thunder part in was you know, I used to fight professionally with an organization called the Professional Karate Association. It was on ESPN every Wednesday night from probably nineteen eighty two until nineteen ninety one. They had fights on, you know, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon on NBC Sports World, uh A A B C White World of Sports. And this was back before, you know, pay per view and mixed martial arts. When, you know, boxing and kickboxing were the two, you know, primary combat sports in the country. And I was a light like middleweight world champion for eight years between 82 and 1990. And in 1989, I was in one of my dojos one day working out with a group of guys. You know, we're in there working out, and uh, beautiful Sunday spring afternoon, uh, we were located in Overland Park, Kansas, Ranch Mart Shopping Center, Center, a very exclusive neighborhood. And we're inside the dojo working out, and we hear this pop, pop, pop. You know, come from the parking lot. We didn't think much about it because I thought it sounded like a gunshot. But then you think, well, this is Oakland Park. People don't get shot over here. And all of a sudden, all these people rushed in, screaming frantically that some woman had been shot in a robbery. We ran outside and I saw a woman on a sidewalk bleeding. And the closer we got to her, we realized that she'd been shot in the head. All uh. right. When I got beside her, some other people actually were tending to her. They actually rolled her over, and when they rolled her over, I realized that it was my wife. You know, when she got shot, she was seven weeks pregnant. I mean, it was just it was just a uh, uh, horror horror story. The good news is she made a full, a uh, complete recovery. The uh, doctors said that it was either a small caliber weapon, or it's a point. Where it, if the gun would have been pointed at maybe a little steeper trajectory that she would be dead, but he said the bullet actually ricocheted off her skull and just left a scalp wound only. You know, the damage she suffered was all, you know, mental trauma and, and things like that. It was still very, very, very extensive mental trauma. But, you know, she made a full recovery, and I've got a gorgeous 25-year-old daughter. And I just feel so old when I say that, 25-year-old <laughs> daughter.
0: Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I know I know that.
1: that, that you know that I, feeling?
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a 26-year-old son. Yep. Yeah. Bob, okay, I still get chills. I have heard that story before and I still get chills when I hear it. It's just a it's very compelling and and that oh, you know, it, I'm so glad that it worked out okay. What a what a what a horrible realization for you.
1: Oh, man, it was it was really, It's still it still messes with me today. It still messes with my wife a lot, you know what I mean? She still has flashbacks, you know, of that incident happening, you know. Sometimes we'll be someplace and some loud sound will go off or something will startle her. And she'll get this yeah. look in her eyes. It's just unbelievable. Un- it, it, unbelievable experience.
0: There's no way that that would, you know, not impact you um, drastically especially now here's the key especially because you were in your own area your own neighborhood where your business was and you it was upscale you weren't in the in the slums or expecting this and here's the point for our listeners is that how many times have you been in a dangerous situation and you didn't even know it and what would you do if things went bad and that's where that's where you you decided to to really Help people understand or realize and have a plan for that, right?
1: Absolutely, and that's when I designed counter tactics. I saw how innocently Betsy became a victim of violence. I mean, she jumped out of her car, and she was walking inside this this uh, you know this it was a uh, you know a shopping center. That's the dojo was located at. She's walking in. You know, rather in the front parking lot, this guy walked up and confronted her, you know. And she said, give me a purse. And she gave him his purse. And she took he took her rings. And he actually ripped the necklace off her throat. Then the guy actually grabbed her with one arm, stuck a gun in her face, and shot her at point-blank range. For no reason whatsoever. She put up zero resistance. Hmm.
0: But now, in that you situation know, there's there's just nothing much she could do i mean that guy like like you've said before, some people are just gonna they're gonna do what they're gonna do, but there are a lot of other situations where if you have a strategy or a tactic, then you can defuse a situation and and that's
1: definitely well you know, yeah, you're right, definitely in a situation like that, you know there's nothing she could have done had she had some type of training. You know? And know if i don't know then what I know now, or she'd have known then what I know now. You know, we know that when someone we know when someone comes up and they 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 may shove you, that's an intimidation move. When someone comes up and they physically grab you, that's total control. And when someone's trying to control you, you've got to take back control immediately because things are just con- going to continue to get worse if you don't. You know, we have a saying that you know in. I, everyone always asks me, you know, what, the million-dollar question is, when do I defend myself? And I tell everyone my, my answer, my best answer I can have is, with, with the law, with everybody I talk to, is when you feel your life's in danger, that's time to attack or defend yourself. It, that's, your, that's your time. And he goes, does that mean hit the guy first? I go, absolutely right. Because what you don't want to do is. Once someone grabs you or hits you, you're doing what I call a fight now the hole. whole. That's the position you don't want to be in. You know, had we known then, what well, we know now, maybe when this guy first grabbed my wife, maybe she could have drilled him with some type of technique or something and created separation and maybe ran away, made noise, whatever. Maybe it would have alerted us. Maybe we would have heard a scream. Maybe we would have heard something. Somebody else would have heard something. Maybe somebody would have saw something. But you know she didn't know what to do. She was speechless. She couldn't, didn't have any idea how to react, you know, appropriately. Appropriately. And we think and that you know, if someone touched you and you feel threatened, to me that's a sign you need to do something to save your life.
0: And so you said before, there's intimidation and there's control. There's people that are trying to intimidate you and say, you know, but not touch you. And then there's others that are trying to control you, and you have you need to have a technique kind of in your back pocket, but primarily you need to be uh, to raise your awareness level and be careful, especially if you're traveling or if you're in foreign areas and see situations before they might happen. Right. And just, so awareness is is number one.
1: Mm -hmm. Awareness is number one. Being aware of your surroundings is the best thing you can do to make yourself safer right now. I tell all the business groups that I train, I said, you know, if you walk out of here today more aware than you came in you realize that anybody can become a victim, it can happen to you, it can happen to anybody, and you're more aware of your surroundings, not fear, not fearful or paranoid at all, but just situationally aware of what's happening in your immediate your know, surroundings, I've done my job. That's really why I show up. You're showing everybody anybody can become a victim. It can happen. It happens so fast it will blow your mind.
0: And so many people are checked out on their cell phones looking at those things, looking for their message, next message or whatever. Uh, criminals probably have an easier today than they've ever had it with so many people so disengaged. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Absolutely. And the example I give everybody, Bill, is so funny. You know, I think I said this last time. Is I ask this is members included, I go, how many people have lost their car in a parking lot? At the airport, the shopping mall, wherever. Of course, everybody has. Yeah. I ask them, when you look at your car, and you're looking around for it, what kind of state of mind are you in at that point? And everyone's yeah. so focused on the car, they're totally oblivious to your surroundings. And I take it a step further and I go, How many people here spend half their life in that state of mind? I mean, they look at each other, and look <laughs> at me. I go, I go, You know, because we have busy lives, you know, we've got kids, we've got in laws, we've got parents, we've got wives, we've got soccer games, we've got aging parents. Everybody when we run businesses, we travel nationally, internationally. We've got a lot of stuff on our plate, you know, that occupies a lot of a lot of space in our brain. You know, we're we'll walking to our car, we're thinking about the meeting we just left. We're thinking about the soccer game we're going to when we get home. We're not thinking about the here and right now. What's happening here and right now? It's not. It's not a paranoid feeling. It's just I'm aware of what's going on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, and then you can spot and look for things like people standing by your car in the parking garage or situations that that just don't look right. And your your gut will tell you a lot of that. So what's the what's if somebody spots that? Obviously avoid it if you can. But Say they get themselves into a situation. What's the best defense? What is what is the best thing to think about first?
1: The first thing you always want to do, is, anyone comes up to you in any type of hostile situation, is you always want to try and take a few steps back and get a little space between you and the person with, with the hostility. When you do that, they actually de-escalate on a subconscious level. They don't realize it's happening. You want to get your hands out in front of you, you want your palms open, the elbow, elbows almost resting on your stomach and your chest muscles. You know, and your hands up about shoulder width, about shoulder height. And the reason for that is you want them up high, so in case this person tries to sucker punch you or you know smacks you or something, you can reach up and block it. It's like a blow. If this person comes close to you and enters the space, I call your space bubble, which is a four foot perimeter all the way around your body. We think if he comes in the space bubble, at that point, if you feel threatened. Go ahead and hit him. Go ahead and strike him with some type of technique. You know, either an open palm strike would be your best bet because you're not gonna break your hand doing it, you know, or shove him backwards and tell him to back off man, screaming him. Call him every name in the book, drop a few F bombs on this guy. Let him know you're not playing around. A lot of times that's gonna go away. It's gonna go away right at that point. You know, if he knows you most criminals look for people, the number one thing criminals look for when they go to assault somebody is they look for somebody who won't fight back, who won't put up resistance. Men included. They look for guys that they don't think will fight back. You, know, you come out of a meeting in a three-piece suit, all dressed up, carrying a briefcase. You know, they think you mm-hmm. may not fight back. Those are the kind of guys they're going to attack.
0: That's kind of like so a, an that, instinct thing, right? It's like the it's like the uh, the 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 elk out on the range looking for the weakest, right? So it's it's kind of a human instinct thing, anyways.
1: Absolutely. The criminals we interviewed. When I designed this program, I interviewed criminals in, in, in the Minnesota State Penitentiary, and I interviewed five criminals. They all all had been, you know, juvenile delinquents, been in, in and out of prison their whole life. You name it, they did it. And I asked these guys what they looked for. It's man, I look for someone who looks like they're not going to fight back. I look for someone who looks like they're unconfident or unsure of. Of unsure themselves, you're like being lost, or you're walking place and you're thinking about something that's going to happen an hour down the road, or something that just happened. I look for people who look distracted, so I can surprise them. Mm-hmm. Because the number one thing, the number one thing they, they look for is people who look unconfident and look like they will not fight back.
0: So Easy you know, I marks. Tell
1: everyone, exactly, I tell the vicious people, you know. You know, walk around like you know, like you're ready to rumble. My wife always jokingly tells me, "She goes, Bob, you walk around, you look like you want to kill somebody." I don't <laughs> think I do that, but she does. And I look at her, and I go, "Well, you know what, sweetheart? No one's ever attacked me. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad. That's a bad joke. That's a bad joke. My wife's beautiful. I love her to death, man. She is <laughs> awesome. But no one, no, no one ever has attacked me. You know and I don't know. I think it's just, just an attitude you carry yourself with. I think if people carry an attitude you know, of confidence and that, you know what, I'm not going to be a victim, I think that's going to save people a lot of grief.
0: Now, now you mentioned uh, there's there's a way to identify a functional sociopath. What What's the best way to do that, to see, okay, well, this person, know, this looks like trouble?
1: Yeah, functional sociopaths, I mean, the sad thing about that is they say, Potentially, there could be up to 2% of people on the planet are a functional sociopath. That means two out of every 100 people you meet, if be one, maybe even more. You know, the functional sociopath is someone who can exist in everyday life. Bernie Adolph is a functional sociopath. You know, Gary uh, okay. Sandusky, functional sociopath. People like that, you know. I mean, a, a sociopath to the other far end of the spectrum is a Charles Manson. You know, he's so, he's so dysfunctional, people know that guy. But Jerry Sandusky, mm-hmm. this guy is a college basketball coach. He runs a foundation for, you know, uh, you know less fortunate kids. And, and he's running this foundation looking like a great guy, but look what he's doing on the other side. He's molesting right. these kids. Guys like right. this, you identify him more. Functional sociopaths usually have kind of a shaky past. They move around a lot. The biggest identifier with any type of sociopath is when you talk to them, they make unerringly eye contact. They basically just stare you down. You know, they, okay. they lie, a mm-hmm. lie. They lie, they lie, they lie. What happens with functional sociopaths, sometimes get they, they twist their lives. They lie so much they get them twisted up. They're manipulative, mm-hmm. they're secretive. Functional sociopaths are sexually, sexually deviant. I and mean, these guys could be your next-door neighbor, you know, and, and have a good job and have a nice family and wife and be the biggest sociopath you could ever imagine.
0: So you're looking for somebody who has that, that staring eye contact and
1: uh Staring eye talk- contact is the biggest giveaway, yes. Uh, you know, and sometimes yeah. they, they, change, they, they change a lot, and they have a lot of stories, you know. They, the background the background sometimes is a little bit shaky, you know, they don't really, they won't really elaborate on it because they've been caught in their lives before. It's
0: fascinating stuff, Bob. And you have, you have a DVD that our listeners can get uh, and learn about that. But of course you're, if you're, if someone out there, if you're listening and you are a Vistage chairperson or you are a, 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 a leader of another type of a business group and you want to have a fascinating speaker, um, get get Bob Thurman to come to your meeting. But tell tell our listeners how they can get the DVD and learn more about that.
1: Okay. The, we, got, we got a DVD I made a long time ago. You, we made this back when DVDs were around. It was back when videotapes were made. But it's still yeah. very functional. It talks about all the stuff we talk about and all the, tech, the self-defense techniques specifically in this. It also talks about the, the anger management strategies and, how to think your way through an attack and how to identify certain types of attackers. Uh, you can uh, get that through my website at uh, counterattactics dot com. Uh, you can call my toll free number, which is eight hundred nine five nine one three one zero.
0: I love having you on the show, Bob, and I, I really uh, appreciate what you're trying to do out there to help people to really be able to be proactive in a in an awkward situation or a situation that could endanger themselves and their families and especially business owners and people of means that can find themselves in uh, traveling in, in foreign places it's really really important you, we think uh cyber attack you know cyber is a problem well you can still get into a lot of trouble and Bob Thurman is there to help you uh yeah, figure you, you out really, what you to really do have a plan
1: yeah, yeah you, great you job really, th- you, you really need- you really need that plan because you got, if you don't know what you're doing, you get there. You can't you can't improvise it on the spot, so to speak.
0: Yeah, you, you need to have something rehearsed and, and ready to go. Bob Thurman, thanks so much for joining us again. It's been a real pleasure. I hope you'll come back again and talk to us about some more uh, stories and tactics and uh, anything else you want to talk about, my friend.
1: Okay, Bill. Thank you very much. I really appreciate your time and appreciate everything you've done for me. I want to thank all my listeners. Friends and members and chairs I met out there, man. This is one awesome organization. Uh, I've never been involved with any organization like that. It just blows my mind every time I I meet a new district chair. I think, wow, what a cool guy! And the same well, with the district members. They just all seem men, just 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 awesome.
0: It is an awesome organization. I'm very very happy that you're out there making some friends and teaching some people how to protect themselves, Bob. Thanks again.
1: You bet. Talk to you soon. Okay.
0: Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back after this. Please stay with us.